From Equity Mates Media, this is The Dive. I'm your host, Sasha Kelly. Two reports released this week, one from Britain and a second from America, show just how much streaming services have disrupted broadcast TV. The first, from Britain's Office of Communications, shows how viewing time of traditional broadcast TV has dropped off a cliff, especially amongst young people. On average, 16 to 24-year-olds now just watch 53 minutes of broadcast TV a day. That's down more than two-thirds over the last decade. Older Britons are still watching TV. Those aged 65 and over spend a third of their waking day, almost six hours, watching the box. The second, from Nielsen, found that in America, Americans spent more time watching streaming services than cable TV. That's the first time this has ever happened. But while watching videos where we want, when we want, becomes more and more popular, the whole industry is in a state of flux. Disney has just leapfrogged Netflix with numbers, adding more subscribers while the OG streamer lost more than a million. There's also been some famous failures with CNN Plus and Quibi, but not to be deterred, Walmart is looking to start their own streaming service. According to the New York Times, Walmart has held discussions with some of the top executives at media companies to include streaming entertainment in its membership service. It's Friday, the 19th of August, and today I want to know what is happening in the streaming world? What do I need to know about these platforms that I spend way too much time on? To do this, I'm joined by my correspondent from the world of streaming. It's my colleague and the co-founder of Equity Mates. It's Alec Renahan. Alec, welcome to The Dive. Hey, Sasha. The good news for all of us is that it's not just us that spend too much time on streaming services. This data from America and Britain shows everyone is spending way too much time on them. That's such a good silver lining. I do not feel alone anymore or guilty, (laughs) which I always do when I look at how much content I've consumed. So we're talking about the world of streaming because of these two reports released this week. Let's start with the British government report. Was there anything else notable that I missed? So the report estimates that one-fifth of UK homes have all three of the most popular streaming services, Netflix, Amazon Prime Video and Disney+. Plus. Now, Sasha, that's over 5 million homes paying about £300 annually for these three services. And there's been some recent movements in what's the most popular streaming service in the UK. Netflix recently overtook YouTube to be number one. So now the podium, Netflix number one, YouTube number two, followed by Disney Plus at number three, and then BBC's iPlayer coming in at number four. I'm really surprised that Netflix wasn't already the favourite. But let's turn to Nielsen's report on Americans viewing habits, where I'm equally surprised it took this long for streaming services to beat out cable TV. What else did we learn? Yeah, Sasha, I'm the same. I thought cable TV had been left in the dust long ago, but I guess... Yeah, long dead. (laughs) I think uh, it changes based on age demographics. I think cable TV holding on with older viewers. But what we learned that across all age groups, across all of America, streaming is now number one. Streaming captured 34.8% of total US viewing time in July, while cable captured 34.4%. So not a big difference, but a difference. The total time people spent watching streaming services rose 23% from last year, and cable viewing fell 9%. Now, Sasha, that's streaming and cable TV. We also have free-to-air TV And that continues to fall as well. In America, its share of viewing dropped 10% 
to 22% of total US viewing time. And that's just in the last 12 months? That's just in the last 12 months. And much like Britain, Netflix is number one. Nielsen found that it was the most watched streaming service in July. So Netflix, podium finish, number one in Britain and the United States. But they've still had a really tough year. Netflix shares losing a quarter of their value in the pre-market after subscribers began the year by leaving the service. They're losing subscribers in the US and Canada and their share price is down 60% in 2022. So what is the streaming giant doing to turn these numbers around? For Netflix subscribers, we can expect to see a few big changes in the coming weeks and months. First of all, ads. Secondly, cracking down on password sharing. And thirdly, changing release times. So first of all, ads. Now, Netflix was traditionally very anti-ads, but now they're going to have an ad-supported service launched early next year. Basically, what it's going to be is a cheaper alternative to the current service. You can pay full price and get your Netflix like you have now, no ads, or you can pay a cheaper subscription and watch their content with ads. We haven't got all the details yet, but it is coming down the pike pretty quickly. So that's the first thing. The second thing that I know a lot of people, maybe some of my relatives might be really keenly (laughs) looking at is that they're also trying to crack down on password sharing. How are they going to do that? Now, Netflix has said that password sharing cost them over $6 billion a year in revenue. $6 billion, Sasha. I mean, it's a huge number, but show me someone who doesn't know someone who might have dropped a password to a streaming service somewhere that someone else might pick up and that number would add up pretty quickly. (laughs) Yeah, it would. It would. And the way that Netflix is trying to crack down on password sharing is if your account is being used on too many devices, they'll ask you to pay an extra $2.99 a month to quote, add a home. Now, they're trialing this feature in Central and South America. They've rolled it out to five countries so far, I guess, to test and learn. But Netflix is having a tough year and expect to see it rolled out to more countries. Now, Sasha, we should note this is a massive change in Netflix's stance on password sharing. Back in 2017, they tweeted, love is sharing passwords. Not anymore. (laughs) Well, I agree with that sentiment. Love is sharing passwords, but they've done a 180 on that opinion, haven't they, Alec? So finally, your third point is changing release times. Is this to do with binging uh, versus weekly drops? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's it. Netflix pioneered the binge watch. They dumped full seasons at once and we could ride off a whole Saturday watching 12 episodes of a season. I think House of Cards back in 2013 was really the show that pioneered this for Netflix. Mr. President, you are recognized. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and to the other members of this committee. But Sasha, that's also changing. Netflix are seeing people cancel subscriptions after binging a show, so they're moving to more staggered releases to keep you subscribed for longer. I think this year, Ozark and Stranger Things were both released in different parts. Yeah, anecdotally, I know that I've definitely noticed this shift that Previously, you could consume a whole season and now I'm having to prolong some of those subscriptions I thought I could get rid of so I can see the end of the season. Mm -hmm. So those are the three changes we're going to see at Netflix. And while Netflix is struggling, their biggest competitor is going from strength to strength. Disney has just taken over Netflix in terms of total subscribers. That's right. Disney reported 221 million subscribers earlier this month. 
Now that overtakes Netflix by about half a million customers. Disney Plus now reigning supreme, surpassing Netflix by about a million more subscribers. We should note that 221 million is across all of Disney streaming services. So they have Disney Plus, their primary streaming service with about 94 million subscribers. Disney Hotstar, which is massive in India and Southeast Asia, has about 58 million. Now you'll often see those two services reported together. And that's why you may have seen headlines that says Disney Plus has reached 152 million subscribers. But then Disney also have two other streaming services, ESPN Plus with 22 million subscribers and Hulu, which Disney owns two thirds of, has 45 million subscribers. So Disney has beaten Netflix, but across all four of their streaming services. Now we feel like Disney is hitting it out of the park at the moment, but it is worth noting that all their streaming options are cheaper than Netflix and streaming isn't a profitable division for Disney at the moment. In fact, they lose over a billion dollars a year in streaming. So they have announced some price increases, but we should expect to hear more about the profitability of streaming for Disney in the coming months and years. Losing over a billion dollars, I didn't realise that. That does put things in perspective. So that's what's happening with the big two. But this headline made us all laugh in the office, and that's Walmart. Yes, Walmart is going into streaming. Let's take a quick break, and then we're going to unpack that. Alec, they're starting a streaming service? What is going on? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Walmart, the retail giant, is getting into streaming. And, Sasha, I thought we had enough streaming services and that people were going to stop trying to launch new ones after some pretty notable failures earlier this year. Okay, take me through the failures because I kind of want to see what this landscape looks like. There's a long list of failures, but I think two really stand out for me in 2022. First one was Quibi. Quibi is a streaming service specifically for mobiles. It's going to be a subscription service offering high production value films presented in bite-sized 10-minute chunks. Did you sign up to that, Sasha? I did not. And I am a fan of streaming services, so that is a surprise. (laughs) Well, Quibi was a short-form video platform. Think of it like a highly produced version of TikTok. It was started by Jeffrey Katzenberg, the former chairman of Disney, and Meg Whitman, the former Yahoo CEO and current US ambassador to Kenya. The company raised $1.75 billion, launched in 2020, and then shut down in October 2021. So that's the first big failure. The second big failure, Sasha, this one blows my mind. 
CNN Plus. New ownership decided to shut down the CNN Plus streaming service less than a month after it was launched by the previous management team. The streaming service for the news giant CNN was launched on the 29th of March 2022 and closed on the 28th of April 2022. Yes, it was operating for less than one month. And to many subscribers' disappointment, it didn't actually include CNN. It didn't include the news channel. It was all bonus content from CNN hosts and new shows that they were inventing, but it didn't last for very long. They do say take big swings, but admit when you've made a mistake, but that is a very short time frame <laughs> to admit short. that you've made a mistake in. <laughs> okay, so there's Disney+, Plus, Paramount+, Plus, CNN+, Plus, ESPN+, Plus. There's also Discovery Plus. What's with all the pluses in names? And despite these failures, Walmart is still forging ahead into streaming. Yeah, that's right, Sasha. Walmart have a membership service and you'll never guess its name. Oh, hang on. Is it, does it have a plus in it? It does. Walmart Plus. Okay. <laughs> well, Walmart and Paramount have reportedly reached an agreement to bundle Paramount Plus together with Walmart's subscription service. So Walmart Plus is really their response to Amazon Prime, the shopper membership service. And for $12.95 a month, it offers free shipping and discounts on gasoline. But now it has inked a deal with Paramount Plus to give Walmart Plus subscribers free access to the streaming service. Okay, so that makes more sense that they're starting from a shopping experience. It does feel like they're shoehorning in the video streaming a little bit to me, but mm. I guess we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, it feels like whatever Amazon Prime is doing, we're going to do the same thing. Yeah, anything you can do, I can do better. Or, or I can just do. <laughs> <laughs> so are there any final takeaways? Yeah, I think the big takeaway in the streaming wars at the moment is just how much big content is being produced, how much money is being put into direct-to-streaming shows. And for customers like us, how many big shows we're going to get to watch in the coming weeks. So the big one that tops this list, Amazon is launching their Lord of the Rings show on the 2nd of September. There was a time when the world was so young. And Amazon have also just launched a Ron Howard movie about the Thai cave rescue that's starting to get some Oscars buzz. It would be a massive win for Amazon to win an Oscar for their streaming service. HBO is launching their Game of Thrones prequel, House of Dragons. Disney has their late Star Wars series, Andor, coming out at the end of the month. Netflix had a couple of big releases earlier this year with Stranger Things and Ozark. There's big shows with big budgets getting produced and getting released at the moment. The competition is hot for our attention, Sasha. And just to give you an idea of how big these budgets are, Amazon's Lord of the Rings is going to be the most expensive show ever produced. $58 million per episode or $465 million for the first season of just eight episodes. Half a billion dollars, Sasha. That's so much money. And I thought the um, House of Dragon, they have a budget of $20 million an episode and that's $5 million more than the last season of Game of Thrones. So this is not, these numbers are huge. Unbelievable. And it doesn't always work out. Did you watch Amazon's Wheel of Time? Swear your oath. Marines to die. Oh, this is the one I keep reading about that Bezos keeps throwing money into new seasons. They're going to have a season three as well. Yeah, the story there is that Bezos watched Game of Thrones and told his executives, we need a Game of Thrones. And so they put so much money into Wheel of Time 
Uh, I'm going to admit I watched half of the first episode and turned it off. <laughs> so uh, I guess my big question is, out of all of these ones coming down the pipeline, which one are you most looking forward to? Oh, I think the Lord of the Rings show is pretty exciting. I just hope they do it justice. Well, I'm a, a massive Game of Thrones fan, so I'm very excited for Monday night when uh, House of Dragon starts. Nice. But with so much to watch, how are people reacting? And are we going to be expected to just pay for all of these streaming services forevermore? Yeah, well, this is the big question. And I guess this is why competition is so hot at the moment, because the number of subscription services out there doesn't feel like it's sustainable. There's probably going to be some rationalization in the industry, some mergers, some acquisitions, or maybe some companies folding. Because we are seeing people chopping and changing more. People have reached the limit of the amount of streaming services they're willing to pay for, at least pay for on an ongoing basis. 19% of subscribers to these premium streaming services, including Netflix, Hulu, Apple TV+, Plus. there's another plus, Sasha, um, HBO Max, Disney+, Plus. 19% of subscribers cancelled three or more subscriptions in the past two years according to new data from Antenna. So right now, there's a lot of services that we have to sign up to, but I think the behavior that we're seeing more and more is people chopping and changing. So expect the streaming services to try and confront that with you know, weekly releases for shows, which really feels like we're going back to the days of broadcast TV. Look, I keep cancelling my Stan subscription every time RuPaul season ends and then he just went and made continuous seasons so I can never cancel. <laughs> there you go. Maybe that's the solution. We'll see never-ending seasons. <laughs> but do you know what does drop three times a week that you never have to pay for, Alec? Great, Sasha. I love this. Always be selling. <laughs> <laughs> the dive. If you enjoyed this episode, then please tell a friend about it. It really is the best way for us to grow. And if you're listening because you've been referred, we have a growing back catalogue that's worth checking out. Our last three episodes, we covered WeWork's Adam Newman and his new billion dollar idea, Domino's pizza failure in Italy and celebrity crypto endorsements just not turning out so well. There really is something for everyone. Remember, you can follow us on Instagram at thedive.businessnews. You can contact us by email, thedive at equitymates.com. And you can subscribe wherever you're listening right now so you'll never miss an episode. Thanks so much for joining me today, Alec. Thanks, Sasha. Have a good weekend watching your streaming services and I'll talk to you next week. (laughs) I will do. The Dive is a product of Equity Mates Media. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of The Dive acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. The hosts of The Dive are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. Podcast.